Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1-2 of Retro Encounter, where we play through chapters 1 and 2 of Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. I'm your host for today, Josh Curry. With me is Marcos. Hey. Peter. Hello. And Davey. Hey everybody. So uh, what did everybody think? Chapters 1 and 2 are actually in the thick of things, we're actually rolling. Yeah, I think we all kind of experienced different pacing problems as we went on. The combat is so slow. Yeah, I, I really wish there was a button for auto-attacking. <laughs> this game really makes me appreciate what Bravely Default did. Yeah, just being able to fast forward everyone's battle animations would be fantastic. Yes, that would that would help a lot. I also I always think of um, with Final Fantasy Tactics, there's times that I just needed to grind through. I'd literally just come in, I'd push triangle, and the whole battle would go, and I could just grind out some items, grind out some experience. That would be a godsend in this right now. But actually, I'm fi I'm finding with Trails in the Sky though is that once we got once we got past a certain point and we started getting more abilities like area of effect spells and stuff that's when the combat really opened up and i started having a lot more fun with it oh yeah absolutely when i'm i'm playing any of the the first encounters of anything i i find to be a huge puzzle trying to figure out and they're actually you're starting to have to deal with weaknesses on enemies mm -hmm. and that was uh, it was like a flaming squid pot thing i don't know what it was called <laughs> i remember those uh and i had used uh f the fire bolt or whatever the entire first like uh, 20 hours of the game whatever it was and all of a sudden it wasn't working and it, it was like I, I thought the game was broken i was like this is not i was just starting to like almost wipe on these measly like one person on the screen i was like oh yeah there's fire on the top of that i probably shouldn't shoot fire at him <laughs> well they have the little um grid thing like the scan information when you highlight the enemy too if you i think isn't that though if you have the orbital or i don't i don't think so i think that that that's in, i think that's just a basic game feature oh then i obviously don't pay attention <laughs> yeah i, I mean i actually don't know what that i actually don't know what that ornament does like i haven't equipped one i should try that the scan one yeah i haven't i don't have i don't think i have one equipped so i have it equipped I'm not sure if it does anything in battle. I obviously haven't been paying attention for that. Um, but it puts the enemies on your screen for your map. Which then oh. I just use it to avoid all the enemies when I'm walking around. Oh, eagle eye? yeah. The eagle eye or, uh, quartz? Sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one. But when you finally get the haze quartz, haze. then life becomes incredibly more manageable. You can pretend you have a moogle charm. Yep. <laughs> just uh, just walk by, nothing to worry about. Avoid battles. <laughs> So I guess that's that kind of tails into one of the things I want to talk about. Have you guys actually been fighting the random battles? I, Absolutely I, not. I gave up. I actually do because I, uh, for the early portion of the game, I wasn't really paying attention to opening slots. I was just getting uh, quartz, and then I realized maybe I should actually uh, start opening all the slots. And I realized that I was short, like uh, either a win, uh, like Cephas or whatever they're called, mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. else. And it actually became like a a little bit frustrating when I got to a region and there was only one monster that gave that Cephas while everything else gave you like a lot of blue or red or right. time. And I was like, oh, this is killing me. Yeah. And it's also a little it's I'm kind of torn on the way they pay out Cephas because like 
killing one guy on a seventh upturn is like the equivalent of killing 10 or 20 of him normally, you know? Yeah, I, so I've given up on all of that. Just <laughs> flat out either. given up. I, I, I don't think I've fought a random battle since probably the prologue. I'll go and do the side quests that are to kill a big scary guy, and that's how I get my levels. But mm-hmm. yeah. So I've given up completely on everything. I only do the main missions, and oh, then no, if... Josh, don't do that. You have friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then if there's a main boss that it happens to be in my walking path, I can be literally walking and look down and be like, ah, I don't want to turn off my direction, and I'll keep walking past it. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh it's bad. So like uh skipping way ahead, but chapter two, I saw that there's both a bunch of side missions and a bunch of secret side missions when you're setting up for the play. Yep. Didn't do a single thing. Yeah, chapter two, I gave up on side quests at this point. My the first time I played this game, I somehow got max BP, did every quest, and I beat the game. I feel like if I did that now, I would hate myself. Yeah, especially for one uh, particular mission in uh, Chapter 2, uh, the Phantom Bee, or just uh, that Phantom Thief. Like, did you? Did any of you do that? I no, haven't I yet, no. That yeah, it's painful. <laughs> I mean, it's really cool, <laughs> but it's very painful to do it because uh, the first thing that you have to look for, because more or less this chapter is uh, a thief stole an important uh, relic from the mayor of the town, and he's le- or just a phantom thief is uh, leaving cards all around the places for uh, Joshua and Stell to uh, read and find clues on finding it. And one of them I couldn't find because the I, I knew it had to do something with a lighthouse, but I didn't know where it was in the town, and it was killing me until I realized it was like in the corner of the town, and there was no way to actually look at it unless. Uh, like you turn the camera a certain way, or if you talk to the uh, top the uh, the lighthouse, and I was like, I would have been spending all day on this. Yeah, I I have. So that's kind of a combination. I I've, first of all, I found a lot of the side quests, at least in the prologue in the beginning of the first chapter, to be kind of boring. It seems like glorified fetch quests. Yeah, same. With mm-hmm. almost no payout except for money, and then also bracer levels, which I don't know what those do. So they haven't done anything for me. So and then I have more than enough money. So on that side, it didn't seem like it was worthwhile. And then all of them are in these arbitrary places that I can never find. I can never figure out where anything is in this game. You know, that's one of my bigger complaints about this game in general is trying to find your event triggers. Like, I had a really hard time in this jumping ahead a little bit. But in Chapter 1, when Estelle has to go fishing, I had a hell of a time getting the rod and finding the right spot they wanted me to stand in and it just took way too long and I remember that upset me the first time as well it's like it, it makes the game seem way more archaic than it is I had the same problem it got so bad I spent like 15 minutes trying to figure out how to do this rod thing I pulled up a fact read the fact and I still couldn't do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I hate it when that happens like, is it, it, it you, you're wondering, it's like, am I just dumb or oh, yeah. did the guy, is the guy who wrote this dumb? Oh, and the, the, there's so much of this little arbitrary of it. You're supposed to go here. Everybody tells you that you have to go to this one location. It's actually a location that, you know, you go there and they're like, no, there's nothing there. There's nothing in triggers. And then you, you wander around and finally I pull up a fax. I have to figure out how to do this. And they're like, oh, you were supposed to go to the third floor and look in this room and just stare out the window. And then you're supposed to go over to the beach. 
and talk to so-and-so and then go there. It's like, no, you told me to go there. I, I went there. I did my job. Why am I not being re rewarded for that? There was, there was someone on the boards, which th thank you, everybody who's been talking about that. It's been really cool. But um, it, someone on the boards was talking about um, they couldn't the, trigger the the, the mind key thing. Yeah, the mind key thing where the guy has to show up. At the, you have to get the event triggers in just such a way that the guy will be at the grave so you can talk to him and he'll give you the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that one too. Okay. Yeah. It'd just be so nice if they just put a map marker on, but... Uh, oh well, game's 11 years old, I guess. So that, this is something I'll bring up way later because it ties into something else I want to talk about. But it's little things like that that actually... It's the graphics, which I've gotten actually past. They no longer bother me. And it's the little triggers like that that shows its age. There's a lot of other things that it actually makes it seem fresh and new. Like it's something I could see that would be in a reaction to kind of the last couple of years in video games and like what people have been doing and what people have been wanting. And it's those times where it comes to those triggers that it's like, this is this is a decade old game because this this isn't how you build games anymore. And I, and I, my my solution now would be it's definitely because they they do so much with the BP system of you have to do things in certain order or respond to certain things or save somebody before you do this to get the maximum BP. I'd almost wish that if you didn't do those certain triggers, if you went to that location, you'd just get docked a couple BP points. And I still don't know what that BP end up equaling. It's it seems important for something, but I'd rather have it go that route than break up the flow of the game. Yeah, does, yeah. does anyone know what your bracer rank actually does? Like, does it is it or is it just like a plot thing? Well, you get, you get certain items for each stuff. rank you go. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. you, if you, uh, you get levels carried over into the next game, I think. See, and that's where that sounds all well and good, but since we're only playing this one, I don't care. And then also, I, originally, I thought if I got to level one or past level one, they'd make me a senior. So I, I was all at first. I was like, "Yeah, let's do this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be a senior." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I realized I need recommendations from all the towns. It doesn't matter what I do, and that kind of killed that for me. It is kind of cool how they make you actually want to be a senior bracer, though. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I wholeheartedly yeah. want to be one. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are so cool. Well, if nothing else, just so like one of like Agate or whatever, and he's just being a dick. Like, look at you, you're so young. Like, no, screw you, I'm a senior too. You can't steal quests from me. <laughs> and I appreciate that, like, uh, when people try to defend them, like, uh, the person, the receptionist over on the uh, Ron uh, guild, he's like, yeah, you just don't understand how he is. And it's like, no, he just sounds like a real dick. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's probably a dick. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, oh, he comes from a rough background. So I was like, so he's been a dick for a while then. <laughs> <laughs> he's an experienced jerk. <laughs> You, you can sell you can sell me the tragic backstory later, but he just stole a quest from me. Yeah, that was the, that was actually important to me. He hurt people that I care about. Yeah. So I, I guess since we're starting to talk about, let's actually jump yep. into chapter one. Let's kind of roll through, kind of take something in order. Um, so chapter one, we had we leave our hometown and we head into a uh, boast, and we head towards the Hawking Gate where there are some other dicks. Yeah. Yeah, beginning the whole trend of everybody you meet basically hates you. <laughs> um, and I don't remember Shara. Um, left with you, right? Shara's in your party the whole time. Yeah, she's with you for all of chapter one. And then you bre yeah. you briefly get another party member. Um, Olivier is that how you pronounce it? Sure, Oliver. 
Oliver? I, I was calling him Olivier. I, I called him Oliver because I wasn't going to give him the credit of being I, something cool. No. I, 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 call him, I call him fabulous bard man person. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> but we're gonna we're we're gonna meet him in just a little bit. We have to uh, we have to do a bunch of crap. <laughs> yes. Okay, but so Estelle and Joshua are like, oh my god, the world is so cool, which is cool because you as the player are like, oh my god, this world is kind of cool now that you're finally off the leash a little bit. Yeah, it's a unique plot device to be able to have them just as clueless as you are. Yeah. Um, since they are so young, they 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 are an experienced. A lot of times you're in games that they'll be like, let's go over this thing we've gone over a hundred times so that the player knows what's going on. And in this, they legitimately have no idea what's going on or how they're supposed to handle things. Mm-hmm. So like, children. when they eventually do get to boast and they're like, oh, you need to switch over your like allegiance to this, this guild or this bracer location. They have to explain it to them because it's new for them, but it's also new for you. And it, it works really well in the game because you're learning at the same pace of the character at all times. And that's a cute little um, thing that they make you go through every chapter. And when they actually take time out to make you sign the charter or whatever. Yeah. Like, it feels so official. And that goes along with how bad they make you want to be a senior bracer. Like, they show you all the rigmarole you have to go through. And it kind of, I don't know, motivates you. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Like, they have them uh, register for each place. Uh, like, releasing them from their original uh, location. It kind of does feel like a natural profession where it's like, well, you, you don't work at, or say in retail, you don't work in this store anymore. You work at that store, so you got to be released over there. I yep. thought that was really cool. No, I, I really like that idea. Yeah, they do a lot with the world building to really make it feel like a lived in place that has rules and you might not be aware of them, but neither are these children that you're play, playing as through proxy, you know? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So yeah, they get to the Hawking Gate. They're pursuing the. I think they know that they're the Guarda family at that point, right? Or yeah, the Capua family. Yeah, the guy, the guys who attacked them at the at the who they fought at the end of chapter yeah. zero. Because they're pursuing them for, uh, from them being in that kind of big ship. So they come through the Hawking Gate and they have to approach the general basically for help. And they've been yep. warned that he hates bracers. Which seems they like just lie. Yeah, it seems like the biggest understatement ever, and the yeah. worst lie in the world. When they, when they say he hates bracers, they they mean he hates them with a fiery passion and will <laughs> not give them the time of day. Yeah. Well, I love that conversation too because you're just like sitting there having a friendly conversation, and you kind of let something slip, and he's like, "What do you mean?" And you cover it up, but then later, like, "Oh yeah, I'm bracers." And then he just flips his shit. Yeah, I I'm actually kind of disappointed that it took him that long to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was isn't he like a general or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He's an I mean that's a terrible man. general. <laughs> yeah, he he was he was a little slow on that. Hmm. Three heavily armed civilians just came into my military camp asking questions. Right. Well, they picked <laughs> as seems legit. Children in elite. Yeah, we're just we're just we're. Nobody's that happen to know this mayor, and she gave us this super important task. Can you help us out? <laughs> Seems legit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, the mayor is a cool lady. I forgot. That. Yeah, she actually yeah, is really interesting. That, that that was one of the things about the, 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 that town. Ba- Bas? Bose? Bose. Bose? Bose, the speaker village. <laughs> I know. I, and that's... <laughs> 
it's something I've liked in in all the talents we've seen so far is that they've all had a pretty unique personality. And I liked the I, how much focus they gave on the fact that it's a merchant city mm-hmm. and being able to explore that like central um, market and talk to the shopkeepers and get some actually get some quests from them. I kind of liked that. It was it was fun. Yeah, yeah I, I think we little... I think we talked about it last podcast, um, but how they're actually expressing that because of the embargoes and whatnot, that it's affecting their town. And so it makes it so that your actions actually have an effect on what's around you. Yeah, and I really like that. That's, 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 it's, one of, it's those little details, that little personal touch that like your actions in-game ma- matter in the, in the long run. But I, that's so far, I think that's what's keeping me playing Trails in the Sky. Okay. Yeah, I actually, I actually turned to the point that I, I think I like it, or at least I convinced myself that I like it. <laughs> it it's, fu- it's funny because like uh, that chapter with bows was actually uh, like where I really struggled with the game. Like, like do I really want to play this game? And mm-hmm. then like after that, uh, like going through when I finally got towards the end of it, I was like, actually, yeah, it's actually a pretty fun game. And when uh, I finally got to the uh, the next chapter, then it's like, yeah, I like this game. I'm gonna keep going with it. Chapter two is for sure what what won me over. Yeah, that's my progression as well. So, which yeah, is a like long a- time to to get there. Well, I, I in a lot of ways, I almost feel like chapter one's still a prologue. Yeah, for sure. Because they're still teaching you all this mechanics of you actually being outside of your safe zone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I feel like they're actually like, hey, you're actually going to a real dungeon. Hey, you're actually fighting a real boss, and you so you're still kind of progressing through all those like learning how to do things yeah and that's where I, I at least i think that's why chapter two actually resonated with me that it would i felt like i was actually playing the game finally yeah it's kind of like going from uh on the job training to having a job yeah but you still don't know anything yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh geez and it kind of actually it's really funny because like um like this goes right back from the beginning up to now uh I don't think the game really rewards you for uh, g- like exploring certain areas because when I got to like a a certain patch over in chapter two of like m- a monsters, they were almost uh, sending me to my deathbed, and that kind of scared me. <laughs> yeah, that's so. It's, first of all, kind of creepy, but they let you go into everybody's house. Yep. <laughs> which is kind of odd, but at the same time, it's cool because there's little bits of personality in each one. But there's nothing more frustrating than walking into a house. And like every other game in the world, if you see a uh, treasure chest in somebody's house, you can open it and steal all their stuff. And I guess they're making it realistic because you're not supposed to steal from people, but every time I walk into any room and I feel like I'm, I should be rewarded for me exploring, and I walk up to a chest and it doesn't open, it pisses me off. <laughs> you feel like there should be something tangible there. Right. I don't blame you. something for nothing. Like, for whatever reason, uh, the mayor's chest in uh, the... Fr- in your home village, I really wanted to open that chest, but it was just a, some random prop or some doodad. Yeah, and that's all of them are. Unless you're actually in the outskirts of a city walking between the two on those trails, none of the chests work. Yep. And they're everywhere. <laughs> I guess that's what makes uh, opening open, chests. <laughs> I think that's what makes uh, opening chests um, in the game world that much more rewarding. Uh, that and the little messages uh, that are accompanied with each chest. Yeah, those are pretty good. Like one of them, in um, if you're like a 
at the haunted house or the haunted uh, school or whatever, or just one filled with monsters. I like what one of them says. It just says, feed me, Seymour. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I, I, that's, I don't understand, like, uh, the context. It's just, where is this coming from? Oh, that's, I like it. That's pretty good. I can get down with that. <laughs> A little Shop of Horrors reference. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, that probably I, is. I totally didn't just Google that. That makes oh. sense. You're so smart and cultured. Yeah, I know. I have <laughs> internet access. That makes me smart. You really should have just laughed at me. You sound super smart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I was going to say, like, Peter, that is very knowledgeable. Good for you. Yeah. I was also surprised, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I, I try. <laughs> I got and what my my favorite treasure chest um, message that I got was um I it was somewhere in chapter two. One of them says I am error, and I was yes. just like references. Oh Zelda two, right, right. Yeah, that's the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got it. No. <laughs> Remember, I've never played a Zelda, or I've never beaten a Zelda game. Well, Zelda really? two is not going to be the one anyone tells you to go play. Yeah. Really, I think yeah. Zelda two is a really fun game. I mean. Me too, but it's just not. It's very well different. Yeah. It is very different. It's incredibly different. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so, so uh, I don't. Do we meet Oliver at the Hawking Gate? Yeah. So the general kicks you out, and uh, before you went and saw the general, you had to first go into uh, the barish restaurant place, yeah. and you saw him there, and he kind of talked to you, and he said he was, you guys were super interesting. He tried to follow you, and you're like, "What are you doing?" He tried, tried to hit on Joshua. He tried to hit on everything. Anything He's extremely that's... amorous. <laughs> hey, that's a pretty wall. Come over here. <laughs> yeah, he, he hits on literally everything. So he, you kind of get to see him. And you, you, it's kind of implied. It's like they actually put some time in making this person. He's going to come back. And sure enough, as soon as the general yep. gets you out, you see him there. He's like waiting for you outside. And he, you're about to basically get in like a, like a fight because you guys are so pissed. And he kind of breaks it up by singing a stupid song and then everyone is so dumbfounded that they just go home. But here's here's where it's like this is an absolute video game. This guy was creepy. He's like, I'll have sex with the two of you, but you look like a ugly girl. You tell him not to follow you. He comes in and breaks up a fight by singing this creepy, creepy song. And then you're like, hey, you did a good job. Why don't you come with us? Nobody does oh. that. I thought they didn't want him to come with them, and he he keeps finagling his way into their party. Like he's got he's got his own agenda to want to hang out with these. Uh, maybe he just likes the hot kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pr I'm pretty sure it was just one of those. Oh, we're heading in the same direction. Why don't I accompany yeah. you? Yeah. Um, yep. sure. You stay no. over there. Oliver is definitely my weird anime spirit animal because <laughs> I am nothing. I want to say I'm nothing like him, but I feel like if I was anime, I would be really skeevy and hilarious, and I would definitely be a bard. So, that's where I land on it. <laughs> it's, it's a solid choice. I, I, I mean, yeah, he, he he's uh, he's certainly a person. Yeah, also, he's something. <laughs> also, thank God for him in battle, right? He's so amazing. Oh, oh. my God, yes. He, he's, like, got the best magic in your party. He's got, um... Crafts that do huge area of effect. Yeah. And he has a oh, gun. Which, I'm yes. not gonna lie, I'm so used to video games when somebody has a gun and does shit. It literally just doesn't do anything. It's like, oh, pew pew. 
he, like, so, like, I avoided for the first couple fights actually having just play on attack. And then I was like, uh, we don't, let's not waste this. And he shot, and he was like, that's four times stronger than anything else I can do. Yeah, Albert the best, though. Yeah, he just wrecks. And then you get then you get back to town, and then he just leaves your party again for a short while. And then you get him back because he got arrested for drinking someone's for super stealing expensive. really expensive. Like yeah. a million-dollar bottle, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope it was worth it, buddy. Which uh, turned out to be uh, the cool mares. Yeah. And, and because of that, it was all okay. Yes. <laughs> well, it's so, only okay because uh, he agreed to help out Joshua Estelle, thus attaching himself to the group again. Right, right. Yeah. So him leaving actually kind of raises, I guess, a small complaint I have with the game. And it's kind of the coming in and leaving of party members. Mm. So I, on my side, first of all, I don't like having a party of two. Because very often, even in simple battles, you can get overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and so the, the, and it comes down to you almost have to time when you're going to do certain things to make sure that you have party members. And then beyond that, I never felt like I should invest in them. So I, I never bought them any clothing, any weapons, because I, I was one of those things. That for the longest time, I didn't even know if I was going to get those back. I never invested in any of their horribles uh, or yeah. I, Which you you do get them back, but you don't know that at first. Right. It took me until the second chapter to realize that, and it was I was also always gun shy. It's like, well, if I why should I give them a potion or something? Because they might leave right after this fight, so it's a waste. So I always right. played that game of like I don't want to waste anything that. I have to invest in because they could leave it in a second. Which is funny because resources aren't like really scarce in this game. They are for me. <laughs> Money. <laughs> Which okay. we will get to okay. at the end of the chapter. I guess chapter I one. Check my privilege. <laughs> but they are for me. <laughs> um. So we didn't talk about um Nile. You guys calling him Nile or Neil? I call, I call him Neil. I call him Neil. <laughs> yeah, I like I, Neil. Let's go call, with Neil. I call. I was calling him Nile, but I guess that means I'm contrarian now. So okay. I called him Nail. So you're closer than I am. Neil, it is. <laughs> okay, so so we didn't talk about Neil and Dorothy last chapter, but I th think they're pretty fun. Pretty fun people, and you you will periodically throughout the game, whenever um your investigation like runs into a wall. You'll run into Neil and exchange some info, and then he takes all the credit, and it's all good, because he's a fun guy, and he's, yeah, he's probably actually, drunk anyway. He's actually alright to be around. Yeah, and just like, man, there's a lot of alcoholics in this game. <laughs> I feel like anyone who is an adult, except for your softball coach dad, is just a hardcore alcoholic. I almost feel like it's odd not to be. So like, Joshua yeah. refusing to drink is like... Why are you the social outcast? What are you doing? <laughs> Estelle doesn't partake. At least it doesn't. She hasn't yet. I don't think. I think I, Estelle gets down. Drink. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, everyone like looks at her and says, "We can't give her liquor. She's too young." But they see Joshua's like, "You want a beer, buddy?" No. See what it is is they want Joshua to loosen up, and they look at Estelle and like, "You are already crazy." Yeah. We can't give you any more. You're already in party mode. If we give you even a sip of alcohol, it's just gonna blow up. They, they don't want to. They don't want to let that one out of the box. No. Well, you nailed it. That's all right. <laughs> Go with that. 
And so another character from last chapter that we neglected to talk about was Mr. Elba, the scholar or archaeologist. Yeah, that you save in the tower. Yeah, and you can do a side quest with him, too. If you go to the tower in this region, you'll meet up with him. And uh, guess what? He's checking out the tower. I know. It's shocking. But Did any of you guys do that? Yeah, I did. I, I did. I actually haven't been, so what happens? Um, I mean, you just go to the tower, and he's checking it out. <laughs> um, I would like to tell you more, but I can't. Oh. There are things I can't tell you about these towers and these quests. I'll just leave uh. it at yeah, I haven't yeah. done any of the tower quests, and I kind of assumed that they're big. Um, we've talked about, like, with me going to the fact, I, I usually check yeah. just to see how far I am. Oh. Um, and out of all the side quests, they're usually on a separate page, but they always put these the tower quests actually in with the main plot. Yeah. And so that's where I knew it was actually really important. Um, still chose not to do them, though. Uh, yeah. I mean... Uh, I, I shouldn't talk about it. Um, well, did, there's two of you. Did, did Have both of you beaten the game before? Not me. What did you think of the tower? Um, Whenever I go to towers, they're fine. I mean, like, Alba doesn't really do anything on the, fir the first like uh, two times you see him in the tower. The second time, it's more or less just you see him and then you, you get him out of there. Okay. And it's just like, okay, I just like the tower because there's some items in there that uh, yep. they are very valuable. Mm -hmm. Like the, what's the name of the uh, the ar the armor? Is it a battle suit or something like that? Or there's, let's go with battle suit. <laughs> there's chain mail in the uh, Amberal Tower. Yeah, it's not chain mail, but it's like the, it's like some battle like uh, armor. I forgot what it's called, but like it, it raises your defense uh, considerably, uh, even better than what's sold in stores. Okay. And I was like, wow. When I equipped that, it went into a battle. Uh, there was a real difference of damage. Yep. The gear in the towers is really good. Okay. I'm going to have to start checking these out, then. I think the one consistent thing about the towers, at least at first, is that they, Joshua usually doesn't feel really good when he's in there. Which I'm really interested to see what that is. That was, uh, from the prologue, that was the only big question that was kind of raised. Well, the, the first one, obviously, what's, where's Joshua from? Um, yeah. But the second one is, why does he get sick when he's on the top of the tower? Yeah, I can't remember exactly. I remember what happens, but, but I'm being stupid for even talking about it. Okay. <laughs> so then we need to go to the Ravenue Mine. Ra Raven? Ravenue? Ravenue? Ra the Raven Mine. Yeah, the Raven Mine. <laughs> we have to go to the Ravenclaw Mine. And so this is kind of, the in the mine... And surrounding the whole mine is kind of the first times that ordering of your actions, I think, really, really matters. Um, we already talked about getting the actual key to be able to get in. Um, but then at, even inside the mine, with the uh, whole direction of your... Uh, the mine carts? I think I'm thinking the right... Wait. Is There's that, that the, the mine from the prologue? That yeah, might be the prologue. This is the second mine you go to. Yeah, yeah this, my is mines. A, this mine is abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because okay, you, you fight the sky bandits there. Yep, Kyle and four sky bandits, which was a pretty good mine. This is kind of uh, showing you that uh, boss fights are, you're going to have to be really tactical and mindful uh, <laughs> when you're in boss fights because they throw like usually huge amounts of dudes at you. 
Yeah, I don't know if they're really hard per se. More so just there's so much crap there. Um, yeah. You do start getting a chance to use some more of... I mentioned We mentioned earlier the AoE abilities. Mm-hmm. Stuff like um, Joshua's Flicker ability, which can... It attacks every enemy in a straight line on the grid and also knocks down their turn count. Like mm-hmm. Using abilities like that becomes a lot more important than some of the bosses. Flicker is probably one of the best moves in the whole game. Yes, like, and it's funny that like that we're talking about uh, that the fight was uh was that the uh, the the brother's name Kyle? Yeah, yep. Like that was the and we were talking about the show earlier. Like that was the boss. I used Flicker and I had a quartz that, or rather, just a yeah, like quartz that did ten percent uh, petrify and it petrified him. Like literally the first action. I had uh, Estelle run up to a hurricane, killed him. <laughs> so it was by far the easiest fight in the game, just by a 10% roll. You should have gone and bought a scratch off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I didn't even find out about Hurricane until about an hour ago. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's, I know that's really embarrassing. I didn't realize, well, I knew that there was crafts, but I didn't put together that they're actually useful. And I guess that's my big complaint is like talking about the first chapter being still a tutorial. I didn't feel like I needed to do it until all of a sudden there's just like this point in, in chapter two that it, was, it got all of a sudden super hard. And that was where I was like, I really need to actually rethink how I'm fighting these. And that's when I yeah, was they, like, let's try these crafts things out. And that's where I found out those are super powerful. They put a huge emphasis on crowd control pretty early on. And I think it's probably tried to try to make you experiment with those crafts and to try to make you uh, learn some AOE arts and play around with the orbment system. And, I, and up until basically chapter two, I basically just brute forced my way through everything. Yeah, I never felt like you needed to like use any of those skills in the early game, which is then all of a sudden, after a certain point, it's just like, okay, hope you were paying attention. Yeah, and, that, yep. and, that, and that's kind of, I guess, my complaints. It's more of me being stupid, but you get into this non nonchalant like attitude because everything's been easy to a point. And it's literally, there's just one line in the sand that's like, all right, all of a sudden the game's real you can't do the same thing you should be actually playing this game smart and i had completely forgotten about those because they they hadn't been important whatsoever yeah that's true. i, like, I kind of hmm? go ahead no i was gonna say like it's true because there's some uh, monsters later on uh like i think one or two of them optional that you can't hurt them with magic i mean uh, with uh, physical attacks it has to be magic Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you're so used to uh, using physical attacks, when you finally get to a monster that does magic, or only affected by magic, you're like, you're a little bit in the stride. It's like, these guys can potentially kill you unless you run away. Yeah, and that, yeah, that like, threw me for a loop the first time I did that. And I had, I I had count, to run away. I can't count the number of times I just would dual strike with Joshua right off rip, do two damage, and be like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Reload game. <laughs> Well, oh, yeah. At least this game does have save anywhere, and that's kind of nice. But uh, you're gonna sure, talk about yes. that soon, Josh. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, so let's move along then. Uh, we have so after we run into Kyle and all the Sky Bandits, they take off again, which was actually a little frustrating. I feel like the second time you fight the dude, you should get something out of it. But whatever. I feel like at some point, and this is me being a, maybe a terrible person. <laughs> After, like, the third time they do, like, a smoke bomb and they run away, I feel like after you beat them, you should just shoot them. Like, right. Yeah. 
got him. I was gonna say the same thing, just kill him. Problem solved. Let's bring him in. Only half a bounty, but we got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never distinguished if it was half bounty, dead or alive. <laughs> just stop I'm, them. I'm just kind of assuming that everybody would be a little upset with me. But the whole <laughs> yeah, chapter would yeah. be so much shorter. Well, never mind the fact that you're playing two children. Yeah. But every time they're like, oh, let's come back the way we came. Oh, they got revived. We have to fight them again. I was like, no. Just kill all of them or lock the door on the way out. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, okay. Smoke bomb. <laughs> Ninja vanish. Game over. Um, so yeah, that was that was a little upsetting. So you run out of leads at this point, and you have to go to uh, Valeria Shore. I don't remember who tells you that. Oh yeah, you talk to that guy who's like, oh, I have a fishing friend who says he saw some weird shit down at the shore. So yeah, because like, okay. <laughs> if I remember correctly, wasn't Bose? Weren't they like ransacked? Yep, the was the Phantom Thief. I think that Marcos was talking about. No, not in Bose. Um, that was I think oh. the uh, the actual like Sky Pirates. Yeah, those are Sky Pirates. They stole a bunch of stuff, and so okay. you you hear that there might be something going on. So you you go because you're investigating as well at the same time as mm -hmm. the military. Um, they send you down to the Blue Shore to go fishing with this one weird dude that's searching for a ginormous fish. Yeah. You and scream at him, I forgot. Yeah, because of that, you do like a midnight stakeout, and that's where you see that it's the Sky Bandits again. As frustrating as the whole fishing thing was for me, I really like the writing in that whole sequence. Especially with uh, Shara getting Oliver too drunk to come. That was really cool. And yeah. then Oliver throwing up so that he could come. <laughs> so so I, I think uh, in the prologue, we made, a lot of, uh, we made a lot of jokes about Estelle kind of being weird and most of us didn't like her writing yeah. i don't know what happened if they got different writers but as soon as chapter one rolled around everybody's dialogue i actually really enjoyed uh, i found basically every ounce of the writing to be enjoyable i mean that's awesome it is i think i think that, yeah that scene was just i think i think sherazard helps a lot she's a really cool character yeah I was very sad when she leaves at the end of chapter one. Oh, yeah. God. And every time your characters leave, you just feel so weak and yeah. helpless. It's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, you uh, because you did your stakeout, you see the Sky Bandits, you follow them back to their ginormous ship that they've been hiding. Um, and next to that ship is the ship that the, the lost air um, ship. Yeah. Yep. The, the giant lost airliner thing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. And Oliver's like, hey, let's get on. Yeah, let's let's not let them get away for the tenth time. Yeah. Well, actually, I liked it because he didn't he didn't tell you let's get on. He's like, I have an idea. And then they cut to the sky pirates getting to their base and then they reveal to the player oh yeah you were on the you were on the airship yeah they sometimes so they, they that was like really cleverly done and then they'll have other times where they do like the different color writing where they're retelling somebody what happened mm -hmm. and it's i it's kind of weird because sometimes they're very progressive with like we're going to do this very stealthily kind of lead in but lead like not have you know what's going on and other times they restate the same thing like 10 times so, a lot of times they'll do like Joshua explain to the others what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody else enters the room, so Joshua explains again. <laughs> yeah. I mean people gotta get caught up to speed, you know? Yeah. yeah. But so th this is the the Sky Bandit hideout, I think, is where the game actually starts. 
Like uh, this is where I felt like the game actually began for me. It's kind of like the, the first le- legitimate dungeon. Yeah. yeah. The real Dark Souls starts here. <laughs> which, the other nice thing, which was super annoying but also great, they have a rest point at the beginning of that level. Yep. So you could always yes. go back to that? All the way back. Well, you say always, but... I, I went back a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so they, before you... I think before you went to the town or before you went towards the... Uh, to the ship they're like this is your last chance to get health items i didn't listen well enough to that i I bought some but apparently not enough um so i started blowing through those pretty quickly so i I made a lot of trips back to that save point or the rest point i guess technically um but but it was nice that at least it was the option it was tedious to go back and forth but at least there was that option yeah i've I've been finding it's it's cheaper to buy um ingredients for food because if you there's, there's a lot of the cooking stuff in this game for people who are listening but um instead of buying a bunch of healing items at just every battle i would sit down make some pasta and then that would heal my whole party and then i would be good to go yeah i i started doing the same thing after uh, we'll get to it but i had huge issues at the end of this chapter and that's what i started doing in chapter two to make sure i didn't have that problem anymore not, the cooking's worked out really well for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when do you get the when do you get the recipe for the omelet? Because the omelet's the one that heals your whole party for five hundred. Oh wow! And, and the ingredient uh, the ingredients are all really cheap. I can't remember which one. I want to say that might have been in uh, the Valeria, um, the inn. Yeah, I think so. It's one of the places you talk to the chef. And they're like, yeah. "Hey, here's our main recipe. You can have it." Well, yeah, and the, once I found out how important those were, I'm buying food everywhere. They, they kind of hinted at the beginning, but I thought it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, I, I just have food everywhere in my inventory. Yeah, generally... I haven't tried it yet, but I heard you can make dishes and sell them for more than the cost of the ingredients sometimes? Yep, absolutely. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, infinite money. Yeah, I've been doing that occasionally. I've not been doing that. <laughs> I might try that. Yeah, that, that was so basically how this game went for me is I limped along all chapter one. I never had enough of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of that whole like paradigm shift in chapter two of how I had to look at the game. I started looking for all the little cheats like that. And so I, I always have health items now because I cook all the time. I st- started having issues with money because I always wanted to buy the nicest gear. So I always had like one Mira. And so I, I found out that cooking kind of trick, and I just started rolling through so I could always have at least twenty to 25000 Just super tedious, but it works really well. Right. So. Should we start talking about it a little bit more about Chapter 2, then? I just want to talk about this boss. <laughs> okay. <Good>. <laughs> what, what happened with the boss? Fuck this boss. <laughs> so I think the boss was the first time I actually died in the game. Which that that was annoying, but it was nice because I was like, alright, this game's actually starting. Um but like I said, I didn't have any health items, so I beat the boss. I had like one person left. I it was like, if I miss, I will die. If I it's one of those like, triumphant moments, like Thank God I somehow pulled this off. I have no idea. You have that huge, just like winning moment. 
Um, right. But then I had two items left to reheal my people, and then I had to limp out of that uh, dungeon with less than 500 HP on all three of my characters. Ouch. Now, my question is, do you enter a battle with, like, a full, like, bar of uh, CP? Nope, because I ran through all of that to bit finish the boss off. Okay, that's why. Because generally, right. uh, So I... I had basically no magic, no health, and no CP, or however those uh, the, to be able to do my special. So I had nothing. Yeah, because for myself, like I didn't like I said earlier, or uh, probably before, uh, that I rely heavily on um, Flicker. <laughs> Flicker is the mm -hmm. best thing ever. I live by it. Uh, yeah. So whenever uh, Don, before he even got a chance, I just used Flicker because I didn't want any of his uh, bad news. Mm -hmm. or when <laughs> yeah, that was how I kept doing it. Yeah. Or when Kyle pulled out a smoke bomb. delaying his attacks. Mm -hmm. and Yeah, because when Kyle pulled out a smoke bomb, I was like, I'm not having any of this. I would just flicker him. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've had enough smoke bombs. No, stop. You're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so ultimately what I kind of got to is this was, this was almost the moment that the game was done for me. This was almost my... Me having my Vita done for me because it was almost broken against a wall. <laughs> because I I had to load in. Uh, I probably did each battle fifteen to twenty times on the way out. Man. Because so how I play is I always I save all the time, but I only keep one save. Mm -hmm, that's so mistake. as soon as that boss battle was done, I save because like chapter's done, <laughs> did it. <laughs> Just gotta walk out of here. We're good. And uh Yeah, that didn't go well. I was shocked every time there was another encounter on the way out. Uh I was cursing. Like I was swearing so much my wife came in from the other room and it's like you need to calm down. <laughs> you don't understand. There's another I already beat these people. They they should be dead. Why are they still here? Why are they just waiting in this arbitrary corner why aren't they actually doing something why aren't they trying to escape loyalty <laughs> if they're loyalty they should be going with their boss <laughs> they should be protecting him because i just kicked his ass video game logic at its finest yeah it, it did get pretty video game logic here right so i it, that was absolutely painful for me but you made it yeah yeah <laughs> so um, there's like two really obscurely hidden side quest items in that dungeon as well. Black notebook. Um, also the the jewel ring, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I thought about going back to get them, but then I was like, nah. <laughs> and this is the point I decided to stop caring a lot about quests. Funny thing is, I've done almost no side quests. I did both of those. Wow. <laughs> well, you were in there so long, right? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> oh, that's great. But I love um, that the black notebook's hidden inside of a vacuum. Yeah. That is, like, the best thing ever. That's the one I missed. Uh, uh, so when you finally get out there, you, uh... Some pretty weird stuff happens. Like, first of all, when you beat the Sky Bandits, um, Don goes all amnesiac. Yeah. It's actually kind of sad. I thought it was kind of awesome. That too, I so, guess. And this kind of jumping ahead, one of the, one of the 
I'm not sure because I always play these video games and start playing Mass Effect and they're like, oh, you're just an arbitrary like guy. All of a sudden, you're saving the world. Play all these games and there's these like you seem like this simple nothing. You're on a very simple quest because somebody stole your cupcake, and all of yeah. a sudden you save the world. And so I, I go back and forth between really enjoying this game because you're doing lots of mundane things that are important to you at the time, but you look at the grand scheme of things and they almost mean nothing. And I enjoy that. But at the same time, someone is like, well, why am I doing this? Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Um, but with the Dom moment, it was one of those, like, after kind of having that feeling throughout the chapter, like, this, this doesn't seem as important as it actually is. To him have like that amnesia moment, it's like, wow, there's something that's so much bigger than all of this. That they did something crazy to this guy, that he's doing all these nefarious actions. And he, he had no idea what he was doing. I just thought it was so sad when when he wakes up, he's just like, hey, what are we doing here? Why do I have this cannon? Hey, let's like, he's like, hey, let's go get some breakfast or something. Hey, these are new recruits. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. It's kind of heartbreaking in a way, man. Poor, poor Don Kapua. I feel bad for Kyle and Josette. So this whole time they're like, we probably shouldn't oh. be doing this. And Don's like, yeah, we gotta do this. And as soon as they come, they're like, it wasn't me. It was those two. <laughs> the perfect cover-up. There was another weird thing. There was another weird little foreshadowing this chapter when uh, when you first ambush Kyle and he's like, you guys aren't supposed to be here yet because he thought you were the army. That was super interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of little things like that. They they always throw very small like mentions of something, or like you just see this little glimpse of something, and you know it's, it means a lot. And you can tell right at that moment. They do a very good job of kind of dragging you through this plot by doing that. But it always keeps you interested in something. Um, are you any of you guys familiar with uh, Knox's Commandments of Detective Fiction? What? I am not. No. Um, so they're like really super outdated and some of them are weirdly racist. <laughs> okay. But a lot of them um are really important for detective fiction. Um like twin brothers and doubles must not appear unless like they've been foreshadowed. And uh one of them that I feel is really important for this game also like no supernatural agencies. Um but number 1 is the criminal must be someone mentioned in the early part of the story. And I feel like at the end of every chapter of Trails in the Sky, when you're at the point where you're like, all right, um, who's doing this? It is someone you've met that chapter or in the very beginning of the game. Um, so this is kind of cool because you're currently asking who brainwashed uh, Don Capua? What do they have to gain from this? And you have all this... Like, all these questions about the army, who you have met a few influential figures from. Um, and then at the end of chapter two, you kind of get a lead on another um, antagonistic group. But, like, this game doesn't um, ambush you with, uh, oh, by the way, the murderer was hiding in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. Which is good and bad, because, like, the Josette stuff in the prologue, it was super obvious. Yeah, yeah. That was... I think probably the worst example of that in this game. But, but I, I agree with the other ones. It seems like they did a good job of kind of... You never seem shocked or cheated. Right. And Chapter 2 is a really good example of that. 
And I, I, yeah. I think what's really good about this game is uh, just the way how they suddenly introduce things. And just even, like, if you read it, like, the conversations with uh, NPCs, like, sometimes, like, it's small-time banter and they might just throw something in very quickly that may not seem mm-hmm. significant. It's, like, it's huge. It comes up uh, later to be something big. Yeah, there's not as much wasted text as you might want to think. Which I think is brilliant. Yeah, Be- I agree. Because they do so much of this dialogue that makes it you want to skip all of it. Because sometimes it's yeah. like, oh, you're being really cutesy, you're stupid. <laughs> I should just skip through all of this. But then you realize that almost everything that's said has a point. You're like, hey, that one time Joshua said dot dot dot? Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, I get it now. When he, when he spoke out, silence. Yeah, well, that's a real thing with Joshua, man. Every time he says da da da, you need to kind of stroke your chin for a minute and be like, "Oh yeah, what you got going on there, uh, Joshua?" Look at the best. Go ahead. I was sorry. Say, just look at his portrait. He's looking at the floor. You can't trust him. <laughs> the the best was the montage uh, in chapter two when they're getting ready for the play, and uh, they're in class. Oh yeah, yeah. And the teachers teachers like dot dot dot, and you can just tell Estelle's like, "Why are you talking to me? I shouldn't be in school." <laughs> I, I'm not cracked out for this. <laughs> and so the teacher's are like, you could, there's like, I don't remember, there's like some symbol though, like you could tell the teacher's pissed. Sweat drop. And then, yeah, and then they, they uh, asked Joshua, and he's like, oh yeah, bark, 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 because he has a little like exclamation points above his head. And yeah. I was like, oh shit, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and everybody's shocked. And I'm like, yeah, Joshua's got it going on. He knows what's, he knows what's happening. Yeah, he does too. But yeah, there's so much dot, 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 question mark, Crumpled piece of paper you off have, somebody's yeah. head. <laughs> that's a that's my favorite one. Um, okay, so that brings us more or less to the end of chapter one, and the, you get a really cool scene with uh, Oliver and Shara at the end of that, where uh, Oliver goes all re Oliver Ocelot. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> I've been waiting on that because the conversation is no, I didn't get up to, to meet up with that man. In that accent, in the, in the Russian accent? Yeah, yeah. So, so everyone in Erebonia has a Russian accent. <laughs> I never imagined it would be so easy. So before uh, before they actually showed that it was Oliver, did you guys think it was anybody else? I was fo- I had no idea. I thought they were doing one of those FF4 style meanwhiles, and then it shows you like a villain dialogue. So I, I, well, thousands of miles away. I Sorry. really thought it was either Neil, Nile, or I thought it was your dad. Oh. So I was like, oh shit, because like this whole point is like, you have no idea what Cassius is doing, and they right. they they keep piecing it out like, oh, Cassius is doing this. How did he get captured by the Sky Pirates? How did he do this? Oh, he he's so amazing, and you have all this history and like confusion around him. And like we we're saying, like we're we're waiting for like those big twists, and they're leading into these like nefarious, like these bad people. I'm convinced at this point that Cassius is just a terrible human being. Really? Yeah. So when they like they let into those, like here it is. They're not even gonna show his face. That's Cassius. And so I was almost dis- like I was at first disappointed that it was Oliver. Then I was like, that's actually really cool. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the Oliver dump was a really good one because, like, you had some inklings, and that's a good example too of the not as much wasted text as you think because all of this like prancing around and freaking people out. Like Oliver is a spy; 
he's putting on a show. And doing a damn good job. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes um, more sense, though, too, because how, how would he be so good at shooting guns if he's this drunk? Yep. Yeah, it, see, but in video game logic, you would assume he's a party member. Of course he's good at guns. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Oh, by the way, your dad was not on the airliner. He was not a hostage. He's somewhere else. Uh, you get back to the Bracer Guild, and they found a package from him. And it's creepy. It's got a weird black orbman in it and a message signed from a person named Kay. Yeah, see, he he's... Cassius is the evil monster in this. <laughs> it might not even come out this game. It might be the second or third one. It's going to be Cassius' fault. <laughs> Cassius is not to be trusted. No. See, that's why Joshua and Estelle are in the third game. He kills him at the end of the second one. <laughs> oh. Spoilers. Spoilers. God. <laughs> they're, uh, they're actually guest characters in that game. But oh. It's just not about them. Maybe it's their ghosts. Yeah. Um, it could be their ghosts. I never thought about that, and I have not played either the second or the second and third games. So, you, man, you guys are cracking the code on Trails in the Sky right now. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something because exactly what you're saying. And you, whenever you watch any of these TV shows, like you watch any of these crime things, they bring in that first guy, and you're like, that guy's a doofus. There's no mm. way it's gonna be him. And you go through all this, they have all these red herrings about so-and-so and something, and it's like, it's got to be that person, no, it's got to be that person, it's got to be that person. At the end, they're like, oh, remember that first guy? It was him, because of this, this, and this. And I feel like you lo just look at the logic of that. Cassius is somebody that has this huge amount of mystery, has this huge history, and he was introduced at the beginning, nobody assumes anything from him, and he keeps doing these little things that just doesn't seem right every time. See, at this point in the game, I I was suspecting Joshua. No, Joshua's cool. Wow. <laughs> Why does he get a pass? The only way Joshua's not cool is if you go to that last tower and he turns into a ginormous monster that's going to eat the whole world. That's, <laughs> well, okay. that's the only way it goes bad for him. He can still be a werewolf and a good guy. <laughs> so chapter two, everybody. <laughs> On that note, um, the, the Adventures of Joshua the Werewolf and Cassius, <laughs> the world's greatest super spy. You know, Just imagine if they say, team up together. That's going to be a nightmare. I think Cassius would be a great vampire killer name. Like Cassius Belmont. I could see Oh, I like that. Or Cassius Bloodstained. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> so the cool thing about Chapter 2 is Shara and Oliver take off. And Estelle and Joshua are on their own in the world for the first time and they without any training wheels. Do a terrible job. <laughs> yep, they're ready to go do a bad job at Bracer. Um, so, I don't know. How's that chapter start, guys? That's when you, you, uh, you meet Agate. Agate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Badass. Red, redhead Cloud Strife. He's mean. super cool. Heavy Blade Agate. <laughs> you, you know, it's really awesome when they throw you in that fight with them. They go ahead and pump his CP up just so you can see his big awesome stuff. That was cool, yes. Uh, yeah, he's, he's legitimately really cool. Yeah, he is really cool. And I, he gives you a lot of tough love. And he's probably also a bit of a dick. He's the endearing dick, though. You're right. 
and he's he's friends with your dad. You find out he's an ex mobster, and uh, that's that's my favorite moment, probably of possibly the whole second chapter. Is you're uh, so you have to go through another gate, of course. And yeah. there's a bunch of wolves that attack in the night, and they wake or they're like I don't remember the whole thing, but Estelle and Josh were talking like, why is he being so hard on us? This is terrible. Like we're, we're earning it too. And Joshua turns, maybe he's doing it because he cares about us. <laughs> like, and, hey, I love let me that. be the grown up. I love that tough love. And literally, Estelle's reaction was the same thing I had. I was like, what? <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> no, that scene was really cool. I like it when you go out to help the guards, and Agate's like, you know, this is their job. They got it. Yeah. I, th- yeah. Again, that's just, it's its brilliant story writing. Because it, it, it is one of those things that you're supposed to work with everybody, so to jump in and just do their job, it it doesn't make sense. So I, I, I thought that was so cool. Yeah. It was. You're right. You're right, Josh. And I didn't want to fight any battles, because I, I can't win any battles. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oliver left, so it's going to take half an hour every encounter. So, yeah, go ahead. Everybody else fight. We're going back to bed. Lock the door. <laughs> wait, wake us, wake, us, wake us if you need anything. Yeah. And make sure you make some breakfast. <laughs> I prefer my coffee black. <laughs> wait, wait, really? No, I no, not really. Oh, but good. But it doesn't good. sound as good as, like, I'd like it with two spoons of sugar and some cream. Can, it, can I get my coffee with two cream and two Splenda? I think I think this is so off topic, but I think Jim <laughs> Jim Sterling made a video about that about like everyone thinks they want a rich dark roast, and they're like, no, you actually want Starbucks. You just think a rich dark roast sounds good. I want my uh, strawberries and cream frappuccino. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Okay, so so um, moving away from coffee. Yeah, there's a lighthouse, and you can go kill some monsters if you are so moved. Um, oh. I did that. You have a special boxed lunch with Joshua in front of the ocean. It's a little romantic, except Estelle shoves her sandwich too far into Joshua's mouth. So how many times, because I've had this legitimately, both with Joshua with Estelle and Joshua, specifically with Clem, the girl that you meet shortly. Uh, Chloe. Okay. I was going to go Chloe. Or Chloe, or Chloe, or whatever. I don't... Next, doing has a voice acting. None of us know how to pronounce anything in this game. It's really bad. Um, Adios, Adidos. <laughs> but how many times do you guys have it where it's like, cue kiss? Like, they have to kiss at this moment. Oh my god. Oh. So it's kind of like a invisible You're... hands going behind their heads and pushing their heads together? Yep. Yep, like a little kid with dolls, and you two kiss now. <laughs> Banging their heads against each other. Like me during The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead season four finale, yelling at Norman Reedus and um, guy who plays Rick, kiss, damn it. You can't, at the end of season four, you can't kiss Rick. He's chewing off ears. You, you can't go by that mouth. I mean, oh. I don't know. <laughs> if you're that desperate at that point. <laughs> do not know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, it's so, okay. It's okay. Moving on. So, uh, small gripe. With those be- uh, box lunches, the only thing that annoys me is I wish you could learn those recipes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually would have been a cool way to marry the gameplay and the narrative. You're right. And it would be a nice callback if people hadn't been doing that. Oh, yeah, to remind you. 
Yeah, because it's one of those things you most likely did not come in with full health. Have them eat their lunch. They have full health. It also says that you learned this. It would just be a nice reminder. But they, they do that a lot this chapter. I feel like I had like four meals this chapter, and uh, none of them mounted anything, which was kind of annoying. And most of the times, I actually had just healed myself right before I ate that lunch. Which pissed me off, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hobbit eating double um, lunches. I... I ate so much food this chapter. <laughs> we had one, yes. What about second breakfast? <laughs> I got that one. Good. Good. I, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I did. Good. <laughs> so, what do we go to the orphanage first? Yeah, you go to the or you go to the orphanage um, after you leave the first the village. Yeah, cause uh, so you get to the village, they they check oh, in. Yeah. And she immediately walks out and runs into Chloe. What are we calling her? Chloe. Okay. She runs into Chloe, and they're like, oh, sorry. And they go have their romantic, awkward meal. And as soon as they're walking out, she runs into a small child with a hat, who Chloe who happened to be looking for. Who doesn't love the trope of child runs into you and takes your stuff? Me. Which yeah. I almost got what I wanted, though, because when Estelle finally catches up to him, I thought she was going to murder him. Oh, my God. Didn't you want... <laughs> I just want to hit the kid. He just needs to get hit. She literally, like, I can't remember if I'm confusing this now with later on with the uh, the Ravens gang, but I, I want to say yeah. she was, like, choking him out before she got attacked by the coolest character in the whole game. <laughs> um, That's great. I, I feel like I remember his feet being lifted off the ground. I can't remember if he was turned facing the other direction or her, but she was just, like, about to go at him. Yeah, that's not the first time and his she's legs were kicking. Yeah, that's not the first time she's attacked a child either. Yeah, she should not have kids. <laughs> Joshua, take note. Joshua was amazing with kids. She is not. <laughs> Maybe they'll balance each other out. Yeah. Maybe Joshua will end up with Chloe. Maybe. Or maybe he'll end because up. As, okay. So, but yeah, so she... we get their room on, and we meet the, the stupid fat mayor. Who's... Wait, the mayor was cool. I think all the mayors have been cool. Oh, right. This one. You met the show for now. You met the no. You met the you met the stupid fat um nobleman. Yeah, the duke. The duke was a jerk. He kicks you out of your hotel room. That was like the nicest thing I'll ever go in. Oh yeah. Duke. Yeah, he's more like comic relief than anything. Now, by the end of chapter two, Dalmore is like a straight up villain. Spoilers. But but. We're gonna fight Josh Curry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, anyway, he's like, okay, okay. So when you meet him, you do think he's nice because he's like really, really overly nice. And he goes out of his way to make sure everything's taken care of for you guys. And the, uh, okay. What? Oh, man. Oh, man. We're talking I forgot about what happens next. <laughs> I'm making sure I'm thinking the same mayor. This is the mayor that broke up the ravens when they attacked you, right? It's, yes. That's who you're talking about? Yeah. Wow, he turns bad? He goes full-on evil. He has monsters <sighs> in his claws that he sticks on you, bro. I feel like I shouldn't play this game. You ruined it for me. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the that's the. But, there's only two chapters in this game. But you know what though? <laughs> like, there is like a creepy moment with the mayor when the orphanage uh burns down, and she he keeps like telling uh the matron like, yeah, you can go to my place. I mean, you can run it if you want. I was like, yeah, that's I, a little... I have room in my basement. <laughs> it's like that's really generous, a little too generous, all of a sudden. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So his whole plot was he wanted high-end vacation homes there. I am legitimately annoyed that that caught me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were making a really stupid joke. Is that sarcasm or you that. telling the No, I'm, I'm actually like kind of annoyed that I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Um, yeah, because he is really pushy with the matron. I thought his whole thing was he was like creepy. He wanted creepy, sexy time with the matron. But no, he just didn't want the kids there because people don't want to buy a vacation home near kids. Ah, uh, that makes sense. So one of the things, though, that they do smartly is the mayor from the previous town, the female, they make her overly nice as well. Yeah, that's true. So it's one of those things like this could actually come as more... Because that legitimately surprised me because he was almost pushy nice, but he was nice. So it's one of those things, this is a trait that they're going for with mayors. Well, I got the impression that Maybell was more, more like hard-working business lady. She yeah, she, she, Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, she's down to her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like he was being... They were making him nice just going a different route with it. So that actually is surprising. Makes sense, but it's interesting. Yeah, what's interesting is um, um, you had the, uh, like, him breaking up that gang at the beginning, uh, and it's like, oh, he's a pretty cool guy. He helps you out. So that's like, oh, yeah, he is a pretty cool guy. So yeah, that, that uh, twist is uh, too wild, but it's very uh, good how you, like, get that foil. It's like, yeah, he's breaking up the bad guys, and then that happens, like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I actually had the exact opposite. I had, um, where you're, like, so when he breaks up the the gang, I, it was almost one of those like dirty cop moments where like we've talked about this, do it at the yep. right time. This is the wrong time. Yep. Ooh. And yeah. You're but right. then, but then when he he does the whole orphanage thing, although he was like pushy with it, I thought that was super nice, and I thought that almost redeemed him <laughs> in my eyes. And so it was one of those like I was fully convinced that like he's a terrible person until he did that, and I was like, all right, maybe he's he's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I was the opposite with that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little suspicious. I was like, all right, guy, back off. Uh, come back in a day or two. Yeah, I see. I really thought that it was representing representing unwanted advances towards the matron. And I kind of didn't get where they were going to go with that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, he just wants to build high end vacation homes because it's right on the beach, dude. It is a really and nice spot. With monsters. And that's why... Uh, the Duke's in town, too. He got the Duke in town because he wants to sell him a vacation home. Oh. All right. well, it all goes together, man. Okay. I mean, like, Trails in the, sky. the reason why... Synergy. It, <laughs> the reason why it's weird, because, like, um, one of the side quests is the Duke went to uh, one of the checkpoints, and he wanted to, re like, rent it out or just, like, stay there. And all the travelers were getting yeah. upset at the checkpoints. Like, yo, like, are you going to let this guy do this? Like, attack attacking the guard and like joshua and the guards trying to like chill them out while estelle has to go in and uh, sweet talk them to get out of there to go convince him that it's a crappy place to stay yeah, in yeah like is that a cockroach at your feet and he freaks out yeah 
Oh, man. No, I thought that guy was funny. I mean, he is a dick, but I, I thought it was pretty decent comic relief. And, the, like, the, the uptight butler dude who is nice to you. Butler's awesome. <laughs> I want to say his name's Sebastian. He's butler to me. <laughs> just, butler, butler. I, Sebastian's a good butler name. <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. Um, so, as we've said a couple times, the, the orphanage burns down because it's an RPG and orphanages always burn down. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. They're highly flammable. Which makes it so that you have to do another kind of, just like in the prologue, you have to do an investigation and find clues. Which I'm not in love with those sequences. I hate those. Because I always miss one. Or I actually had it, which I, you had to do it also on the, the ship in the prologue. Yep. Yep, that's right. I, on the ship, it actually bugged on me. I did all the points. It didn't work. I had to leave the ship, come back, and do all the points again. It was the third time I did it that it actually worked. Yeah, it may not even be that. Like I found all the points because at that point I was like, all right, let me look at a guide. And then I entered, like, I exited the top of the uh, airship like through the back. But then when I went through like the other door in the front, then the trigger went. And I was like, that's so stupid. Yeah. I felt the same way for this. I felt like I clicked on everything like four times before it actually worked. Mm. Mm. Which is it's one of those things like the flames on the outside. I can figure that. Well, it helps that you saw the video, but like, yeah, you can tell by you just walk up. There's a huge black spot spot on the the, the floor, and everything's thrown everywhere. They didn't do that while they were doing the fire. Like I could have figured that out in like 13 seconds, mm-hmm. and so you have to go through and click the same thing over and over again. I, don't know. I will say the the one interesting about thing about the uh, investigations is Joshua is like he's like Sherlock almost Holmes. like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, like he knows the exact method every time. Mm. He's super smart. Like he's done this before. Mm. <laughs> mm. I don't know. That's not fair because he does a really good job being a girl too. So I'm not sure if he's done oh, that before yeah, too. Yeah, which was oh, man. yeah. I mean, like. Um, I, I, I was into it. that. It's too bad Oliver wasn't there for that scene. Oh. <laughs> Hottest girl in the game. Oh, God, Hottest waifu. Joshua. <laughs> Hottest waifu, Joshua. <laughs> yeah, Joshua, Joshua for RPG waifu. RPG fan waifu 2015. Yeah, for people in the, the thread, I have an image to uh, Joshua in all of his beauty. I will be posting that on there. <laughs> Mar- Marcos, master of the gifts, lord of the images. Indeed. A sage of reaction Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, the first people you suspect are, oh, oh yeah, there was that uh, shady gang. And so you go and check them out, and a little kid tried to yell at them, so they were about to beat up a little kid, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so Agate shows up, and he's like, hey, turns out I used to run this gang. Now I'm going to beat them all up for being dicks. He, like, full-on hulks this dude, too. <laughs> Punches him, and he flies, like, 20 feet in the air. <laughs> that was very great. Like, he, he flew off you know, the floor to the wall and slid down. <laughs> yeah. This game does really good, like, fight choreography with their character sprites. There's one at the end of the chapter, too. And... Also with Agate, because he's got that big sword, and it's really fun to watch his sprite swing it. I don't know why. It's because it's a big sword. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it, man. I need to stop overthinking this stuff. There's a reason everybody ends up with a big sword at some point in their lives. It just looks cooler. <sighs> um, so. So, so then... Um, 
Agate does the whole, you guys are too close to this thing, and he makes you guys not have the job anymore. Which I I get the whole senior versus junior. The thing that pissed me off was the whole uh, logic of which people were closer. Yeah. Um, because he used to run the gang that's possibly responsible for the fire. How is he hmm. any farther away than you who just met these people yesterday that you seem to like? I don't know. Just saying. Mm. Yeah, game logic. Yeah. No, yeah, that's... I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, he's almost as suspicious at that point if you're going to suspect the gang. But yeah, so they, they leave there, and because they can't do real work, let's go put them in a play. Yeah, let's, let's go to school, guys! Which God, why not? Isn't the scariest thing ever from this super anime game is like, hey, let's put the characters in school. Yeah, so that was... Uh, it ends up being a really long section, but I'm not sure we really want to talk about it. it, it it's a lot of just kind of montage and conversations, and well, I, I, I guess, mean, Estelle gets jealous when Joshua kisses another girl. That's the first time she's kind of honest with herself about that. Yeah, and then the other small thing, which I I, th- I think is a big thing, but it's a small thing for this. And this kind of I already made this realization before that, but kind of solidified it. I'm really intrigued by gender roles in the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I say it almost feels like a new game because you talk about in the last couple of years, like, oh, females can't be in charge of games. That's why only Tomb Raider because the games won't sell. We have to have all guys. They have a lot of strong female characters in this. With Shara, they have Estelle as the main character. They have mayors. They have people in charge of all sorts of things that are female, female president for the school council. Um, and they t- take it one step further for this play of having two females as a knight and a royal fighting for a fortunate guy who's a girl. But they do a lot of these little things of putting females in roles of power. Yeah, like, for yeah. sure. Which I thought yeah, was is... very progressive of it. Yeah, especially 11 years ago, man. Yeah, which blows my mind. That's where those little things like that, it's like, I forget that this game is that old. Okay, so we're running a little long. I'm going to kind of summarize the rest of this chapter because some some important stuff, like super important stuff, happens. So when you're all done with the play, um, so they give all the money from the play to the matron so she can go buy a new orphanage. And then she gets mugged on her way back home, and they take all the money, which is eh, a horrible bad thing. And you uh, try to track down the guys who did it, and you... Uh, you get to the lighthouse and you find the ravens. Except they're not talking to you and they're really super freakishly strong. Um, so you start beating them up and uh, you kind of start to realize that they've been brainwashed in the same way that Don Capul was. You get to the top of the tower and it's like there's two guys in black who are not the ravens but... You get the impression that they've been running the whole show, and they escape with like a sweet grappling hook. Um, but of I can't. My impression was that these guys are like reverse bracers. Ooh. They're like, yeah, they they're bracers who do bad stuff for evil villain dudes, and so they're so, naturally close to you. So mercenaries. Yeah, and an, another fun weird thing about this, um, you fight them. And they only do one attack, and it's flicker. 
Oh my gosh. Ooh. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua. Oh no. Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> but no, it means that um, Flicker really sucks to get hit by. Always. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get, you get your recommendation for... Uh, because you do get the money back. And uh, you find out... Gosh, I can't remember how the revelation comes about the mayor. Um, you realize that he's been the bad dude the whole time. So you, Joshua, and Chloe, uh, you go to confront him about it. And he's actually pitching the vacations homes to the Duke, like right in front of you. And so you call him out on it and you're like, here's my proof. And he's like, okay, so I have these two giant monster dogs and they're the final boss of the chapter. Deal with that. Um, but after you beat the dogs, he does some amazing spell that paralyzes Estelle and Joshua. And the thing that, that saves you is the black orbment activates. And nullifies the bad spell. Fascinating. Yeah, so what is that all about? You know? <laughs> what do you think? I'm definitely a lot more interested than I was going going into it. Like, some stuff's happening. Yeah, there's enough there now that there's enough questions that I want to see it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with, uh, we, which we actually skipped over, but kind of interspersed during this chapter is the silver-haired man, or silver-haired man. Oh, yeah. So there, there's enough of those kind of like small questions of like, they're kind of adding up now. But there's enough there that you you want to see all of these kind of come to a close. Um, yeah, I actually do not remember who the silver haired man ends up being. Does anybody have ideas? I have an idea. I think it's stupid. I got it. Yeah, shoot. Go ahead. I think he's Joshua's father. Oh. I want to end with Star Wars moment of Joshua, I am your father. Cut to black. That's impossible! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know it to be true. Um, And then there's the... uh, Oh, yeah. By the way, the the guys in black at the end of the chapter also report to the masked man from the uh, Valeria fishing trip night. Mm, Yeah. So... He's like the boss of the anti-bracers, it would seem. Yeah. Which I'm still just sticking with their mercenaries. I I like to call them anti-bracers. <laughs> Wait, can we call them boots or greaves? What? <laughs> the bruisers. No, the bruisers. The, the bruisers. <laughs> the bruiser. The bruiser guild. I do. I do wonder now what they're actually called, but maybe the blackguard. They all wear black, and they they take jobs to guard stuff. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, of there being... It was the same thing with uh, Oliver. I like the idea of there actually being other secret or official units of something. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times in these games, you'll have multiple countries, districts, kingdoms, whatnot, whatnot and just one of those has somebody that's special. Yep. And you, you see them being revered, you see them being very powerful, and then you're like, why didn't the other ten of you do this? Um, and it, kind of with Oliver, and then also with this group now, it's like, everybody's not idiots. They're, they're doing it as well. Yep. Um, so it, it's nice to see for that type of stuff. Um, but then I, it makes me really hope that Joshua is like a child soldier. 
I mean, there was that line he gave Cassius, why didn't you leave me for Bedford dead? Yeah, because it, it, it super implies that Joshua basically tried fighting Cassius in some regard. Whether it was like he killed uh, his dad or like they fought his dad and like it's one of those like moments like I'm gonna protect my family. But there seems almost to the, the, the length that Cassius went to like bring him home and take care of him and raise him. And then, like he made saying like I still don't like I don't haven't changed my mind of like almost forgiving you or you should have left me dead. There's so much so, so much there that it's always like there should be some really shady history between the two of them. Right. Um, so it impl like I don't know I, there's there's something there with that. Um, there's there's something there for a lot of things though. So. Well, like man, yeah, because Joshua was just really they build him up really subtly and really sneakily. Which I think is exciting. Definitely. Um, which Whereas I, with Oliver, there's just suddenly like, oh yeah, he's really important somewhere else. Yeah. I think that almost dovetails perfectly to our conversation so we can wrap this up. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody's kind of final thoughts, um, both on where the story is going, where what they think is going to happen, and then also how they feel about the game at the time, like this moment. Um, well, I read on our forum thread that um, someone was saying that chapter four is like almost no side quests, really fast paced plot. Good. And that's kind of how I remember it. It was like um, revelation after revelation and the ending was really phenomenal. But like, I'm honestly dying to get there again with how much I forgot. Like I told you guys in the pre-show, pretty much all I remember is when I look at someone's face and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy is secretly evil. Um, <laughs> Which is like half the people in this game. Yeah, yeah, everybody's kind of bad in some regard. Um, that's why, I, which we skipped over this too. But the uh, head of the secret service for the military, Richard. Sure. This is, I think it was Richard, the the sharp-looking dude with the pointer. Yeah, that he kind of steps in with the special force. He's actually responsible for helping you capture the spy bandit or the yep. sky bandit spy bandit. Are you saying um, you think he's the bull? Well, it, I I actually thought it was the general, in all honesty. Oh yeah, at the, the time. Bad gen yeah. But then I realized that he's hater. he's so wrapped up. In, I don't think it actually is. But it's one of those things that uh, again, he's one of those characters that like I could see very easily that either general or that secret service guy. Yeah. And that's kind of where I've reached this point. Is I assume everybody's terrible now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of them's got to be a red herring, right? Yeah. Which they're all red herrings, and it's Cassius. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> the literal red herring. Yeah. So, what did what did you think, Peter? Um, I'm 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 up still I'm still up on it. I real I like where the story is going, or where it seems to be going. Now that um, like I said earlier, like now that there are more sk more skills open up, my earlier my problem with the combat system has more or less been resolved. I'm liking it a lot more. I feel like there. I this wouldn't be something like this wouldn't be a game that I would have been drawn to normally, but I'm I'm glad I'm I'm so far I'm I'm enjoying it still. I'm curious to see where this goes. Awesome. Yeah, like same Markles? same deal with me. Like uh, I, I I'm really fascinated by this. Like for me, chapter one really dragged and had me uh almost regretting uh starting it. But like uh, just I kept going with it. I'm really interested in this. Uh, I like the story. The battles uh aren't too painful anymore. Uh, yeah, and I'm 
that hates sports, man. Oh, God. It's, it's such a guts fan. I'm so happy for it. Yeah. Just walking around. Shout out to our forum people for telling us about that. <laughs> yeah, you saved our butts. Yeah, you saved us so much time in our sanity. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, I'm really looking forward to the next uh, set of chapters and just uh, wrapping this baby up. Yeah, I'm I... sorry. Go ahead. I'm gonna go into mine so you, you can talk off. Oh. Of that. oh no, no, go ahead with yours. I had like one final thing I want to ask everybody. Ooh, the ultimate final topic. It's yeah. So I, I kind of flip flopped. I, I know uh, a couple weeks ago, whenever we did the first one, um, I basically said I hated the story and I love the combat. Kind of flip flopped on that a little bit. I found the combat to become progressively a little bit more tedious. I like that it is becoming more complex, so it's kind of coming back around for me. Um, but I, I actually really, really like the story now. Um, there, there's enough mystery, there's enough going on, uh, that I, I really legitimately want to see how it's going to end. Uh, which kind of terrifies me because I feel like I'm going to be let down because I feel like this is just going to lead into the second one. That's my only fear. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really, really happy with the story. I'm really happy with the characters and I, I, I'm legitimately excited. Um, that's actually leads really well into my question. Because I, yes. I play a lot of visual novels, and I was wondering if any of you think this game is actually better for having combat, or if it was a visual novel, if it was just a really well-written story. It's a really interesting question. But so, to talk semantics, at that point, would you rather just be a very interesting anime? Um, I actually usually prefer visual novels just because I like reading um, I like taking things at my own pace a little more. Okay. Um, but ultimately, I feel like the game, for sake of being a game, makes itself worse. I, but at the very least, like the, the the gameplay systems that are at hand are functional for the most part. Yeah. But the main draw is still the story, the characters, and the writing. And to that, I can see where, like, if it was just the story parts. But then, I don't know, would we be talking about it in quite the same way? I don't know. It's an interesting question. It is a really interesting question. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because a lot of times when I think about these questions, I think that the developer would have half-assed a lot of the mechanics. And I almost fall on the other side. I think they almost did too much. Yeah. There was too much complexity to the point that it... It almost, be, not in some ways, it becomes... Unenjoyable. I feel like I could see whereas coming through on the second time and really knowing or doing like a new game plus, knowing how everything works, how everything interacts, uh, carrying over your recipes, carrying over some of your items and whatnot, I could see that being fascinating then. Because yeah. then you can really nail down into this esoteric elements of the fighting system. So it's, it's kind of funny because a lot of times where I, I feel like I'd really feel strongly about this is where they just kind of half-ass the whole combat and it's like it, it was only a story and it's t- duct taped together in between. Um, but yeah, the, absolutely. The, the story is what shines is what shines here. The, it it makes the rest of the game look bad in comparison. I feel like At I least just for me. think maybe more people would have made it over that hump in the beginning if there wasn't so much really slow, like, poorly paced combat slowing it down along with that opening exposition. That's that's fair, because I, I know for, for sure my, my initial impressions would have been a lot stronger if it wasn't for that initial hump, as you said. 
Yeah. Well, um, yeah, if any of our listeners have any feelings about that, that is some, something I would like to talk about on our boards with you. Um, I'd also like to know if any of you would like to see us play a visual novel for this podcast, which I haven't brought up to any of these guys, so I don't know if they're going to hate me for saying that. <laughs> hey, I might be down, depending on the game. Oh, I know some good ones. I'm kind of open to everything right now, so... Okay. Although, at some point, I'm going to convince you guys to let me play through a Zelda game. Yeah. Hey, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. You can do Wind Waker. Yeah. So, that's going to do it for uh, episode 1-2 of Retro Encounter. Um, we should be recording again the final episode at the end of the month. Um, and then, I don't think we've officially announced this, but... Uh, the game for June is going to be Final Fantasy X. Um, and then how this is going to work, at least at the beginning, until we get kind of a concrete system, is we're going to try to alternate between uh, games that we kind of had already set up voting for and then games from the community. So uh, July's game will be uh, based off of kind of your guys' opinions that were posted on the boards. Uh, so we'll make sure to play something that you guys wanted. Uh, so that's going to do it for now. Um, Till next time.